0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 262 of The Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin. I'd have Falcoholic Kevin joined by a special guest for this very uh, topic heavy episode. All of a sudden, we've got with us Miles Garrett from Fox 5 Atlanta. He is at Miles Garrett TV, the other Miles Garrett as a uh, often said and i know aaron has a bunch of jokes so i, I won't try to best aaron's jokes in that regard but <laughs> miles how are you doing this evening
0: doing well kevin how about yourself
1: pretty good pretty good well I, I realized it had been far too long since we've had you on uh you know so i had to i had to rectify that and we definitely picked a, a banger a week to to do it because that's oh, yes, for sure
0: <laughs> loudest week of the season i think
1: yeah so it, it, no shortage of topics tonight obviously guys uh it's taylor heineke time so we'll, we'll get to that and and everything going on with that also Coincidentally, the trade deadline as well. Uh, probably spend more time talking about the move that didn't happen than the move that did happen, but uh, both are, are interesting in their own way, I think, and, and plenty to get to there, and we will dive into all those topics. Thanks for everyone joining us tonight as well. Real quick, before we dive in, I want to bring you a quick word. From tonight's sponsor, BetOnline.ag, folks, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests, whether that's the NFL, college football, UFC, or NHL, all of those leagues are now in full swing, and BetOnline is your number one source for your wagering odds, news, trends, and predictions you can get all your hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. So head to that BetOnline app or BetOnline.ag today and just remember to use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Miles, so we, we got to talk about the quarterback you know, I, there was like some some darkness going around the Falcoholic business discord today about like, is he just going to come out and be like, oh, no, there's no quarterback controversy. What are you guys talking about? You guys are blowing this up. Of- no, they there has been a change at quarterback. There, there wasn't a lot of fanfare around it. Arthur Smith didn't really seem to want to talk about it. And I mean, I don't really blame him, but the change has been made officially for this week. There was a lot of gaminess about whether it would be going forward or not. But uh, I believe you were there. So what was the mood? Was it dour? Was it? their excitement. Um, I tried to watch the stream of it live, but it did crap out. So uh, <laughs> so what was your sort of takeaway from that announcement?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was very hard to sort of pinpoint it because every time he was asked to get specific on it, he didn't really answer the question. Uh, I tweeted it out earlier today. He answered it very similarly almost every single time it was asked, saying, "It's a lot of variables that went into this decision. That was kind of the the keyword or key phrase he was using a lot in describing this, um, and you know, it, if it wasn't that, it was you know, it's a private conversation. I'm not trying to get that out. So it's sort of hard to give an answer on it. Uh, Taylor Heineke did say he was told last night um, via text message. He was asleep at the time, uh, so he did <laughs> not, not in see the bathroom.
1: It. Yeah, <laughs> not in the bathroom this time.
0: No, he was just asleep. So he uh, he said he saw it when he woke up at five forty-five this morning. So that's when the decision, I guess, had been made um So yeah, it is kind of it, it, it's weird. I, I think the way words are chosen and when they're chosen are important because you know when when Arthur Smith was asked about this Monday, he could have said we're going with Desmond. We're going, you know, he's our guy for the foreseeable future. He did not say that. They've been saying that all season long. Yeah. So I think when you're vague with your words, you can kind of interpret what. The vagueness means because they've been forward before you know you've you've seen them say early in the season like Desmond's our guy he is our person going forward we believe he'll be our franchise quarterback for the first time we didn't hear that on Monday or today Um, so you know again it can be one of those things where they're maybe trying to be a little cheeky with the media again uh, because they do have a history of doing that (laughs) Um, but yeah as far as mood was concerned I, I wouldn't say it was anything out of the ordinary for arthur smith's mood per se he kind of keeps the same yeah. feel sort of when he when he explains stuff like that or situations perhaps as delicate as that like when he, when you say being cheeky like i mean he would even kind of throw the question back you know like yeah, when, yeah i believe i believe d orlando ledbetter asked him a question saying you know if if taylor heineke you know performs really well does that mean he's the starter going forward and his response was your words not mine so i'm like yeah. Okay, so oh, okay. you know it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those it's one of those, those things where no no answer can be an answer sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, and it, it it definitely seemed to change very quickly because I don't think I mean I can't speak for you, but for me, I was I didn't think a benching was really on the radar this week. You know, I thought maybe we would I think back in week four I was like, Oh, I think Ritter's got two weeks to to prove something. And then I think after that he kind of did. Like he did have <laughs> two of his best passing games and I thought week seven was a decent passing game as well. Obviously you have the fumbles uh, week eight comes out very similar feeling first half to like week three and four against the, the lions and Jaguars and that the offensive line was giving up some pressure. Ritter wasn't handling it well and he does have the fumble. So maybe that was a turning point, but I was pretty shocked when Heineke came out at halftime. And I know at first they were saying it was a concussion evaluation. And I, I mean, I'm not saying they were making that up, um, but rigor was cleared to come back in. And they stuck with Heineke. So, were you surprised at how sort of quick the leash was uh, with this with this change?
0: Yes, just because of how adamant and how much they've stood behind Desmond Ritter this entire season. I mean, you've had you had Arthur Blank come down preseason saying we believe he will be our franchise quarterback. You know, when when the owner says stuff like that, and when Terry Fontenot says stuff like that, when Arthur Smith does you gotta assume you're taking them at their word for it. And, you know, they truly do believe that sentiment. So, you know, it, it's hard because, you know, throughout the season, you know, you see the chatter online, you see, you know, when are we gonna Benjamin? It's like, well, you know, they still believe in him and they're saying they believe in him. So, you know, this was the first time you didn't kind of hear that reiteration per, per se. Um, so because of that, I was a little surprised um, it's tough to say because I don't know if there is a medical aspect to this because they said there was on Sunday and they said there was Monday, even though he was cleared. Right. Um, You know, when Des was asked about it post game, he said he felt fine. So I don't know if maybe like you were saying, if maybe it was sort of a opportunity that they took advantage of by saying, Oh, Hey, Des doesn't look right. I think he has a concussion instead of he actually has a concussion. Yeah. Um, And it was just kind of an easy way to throw Taylor in there without saying, oh, we didn't bench him. He wasn't feeling good. Right. So, again, it's just so tough to say just because of how not straightforward they've been in explaining what their process is. If they were, then I feel like we'd be able to understand it a little bit more. But they haven't really been as straightforward with us as far as what their decisions are, why their decisions are and, and et cetera from there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely weird. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure he was evaluated for a concussion. I'm not, I don't think anyone jokes around with that sort of stuff and it's very serious, but it, it did seem like he was cleared to, to return and he did not. So that was sort of the first sign of some potential trouble. And, you know, I, we talked about it in the post game. It's like once Heineke came in and played really well, then it's like, okay, we've opened Pandora's box and Pandora doesn't go back in the and box, think, you know? so <laughs> and, I,
0: and I think that was the key too, is yeah seeing him come in there. And it was almost instantly where you're like, he's got command of this offense. Like he's, it, it, it's, it's not checkdowns. He's throwing it downfield across the middle of the field. He's throwing that touch pass to Scotty Miller in the end zone, which is beautifully thrown, beautifully drawn up. And it was like, oh, like, this is what this offense is supposed to look like. Like one of those types of moments where, again, you you run that risk of, you like you said, you open Pandora's box now. Because now you're like, okay, now we see, what can be done with this offense per se. Maybe Des was on his way to getting there, but we currently see a guy who is there. So maybe consistency could be a problem when it comes to Taylor Heineke. There's a reason he's been on as many teams as he's been on. If you were that good of a quarterback, you would probably be a starter somewhere by now. So, you know the the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy on any team for their fan base, just because he's just an easy person to get. I mean, last year that was Desmond Ritter with yeah, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. So you know, it, it's fans do have short term memory when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, in in regards to what you brought up, yeah, I mean, I think Taylor coming in and performing the way he did certainly raised a lot of eyebrows.
1: Yeah, it so it it definitely I think put the pressure on to to make a more permanent change because you know, we're running out of, we're running out of time here. Like it, it would be one thing if the NFC South continued to just keep losing everywhere, but yeah. the saints have now caught up to you. You have sort of blown your opportunity. A, to, it's winnable yeah. opponents too. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. They,
0: you, you can argue they should have won against Tennessee. You can argue they should have won against, um, shoot. What was the name of the, it was the other opponent. Um, it oh, was Ritter's Rangers? bad game. Oh, um, the weeks are going by so quickly now. Yeah. Um,
1: well, we had Bucks, Commanders. Uh... Commanders, Commanders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that was that was one that was very winnable. The Commanders yep. gave you every chance to win that game. Um, I mean, I think affirmly you can say that the Lions game and the Jaguars game are both the two games you really lost. I yeah. think the other, I think two. Yeah, I think the other two games there are games that you can chalk up to we could have and probably should have won those.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you get anything out of the offense in the first half against Tennessee, or, you know, they call offensive pass interference on DeAndre Hopkins, one or the other, um, (laughs) you probably win that game. uh, And then the Commanders game, it was there for the taking, and they just couldn't stop turning the ball over. So um, very frustrating for fans. So I certainly understand the desire to see another quarterback. Uh, It's just interesting because we watched this game, this very same game play out in kind of a reverse sort of situation Last year, where we saw Marcus Mariota start for way too long into Week 14, um and you know I I continue to harp on it, like wow, I think we probably would have been good to see Desmond Ritter for some of those games because yeah. maybe that would have informed this year's plans a little bit more, or given him a chance to work out some of these things that he's clearly working out this year in a year where there wasn't the pressure to make the playoffs because this year they've they've raised the stakes, like the defense is is here, it's ready. Even with the loss of Grady Jared, I think they're still going to be fine ultimately. Um, but now that, that they need the offense to be like, you know, doing something and not just shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly. And unfortunately, that was what was happening with Ritter, even though he was improving as a passer. And I think that was clear when the pressure came, he was still buckling. He, he was still not able to make good decisions with the football there. And he was still fumbling. I mean, we saw him lose that fumble. Now, that wasn't anywhere near as egregious as, you know, the the touchback running into the end zone fumble, which I tend to think that had maybe more to do with this benching than anyone realizes, because that that's the type of fumble that coaches don't forgive Um, getting, getting the ball knocked out of your hands when you're trying to move up in the pocket against Jeffrey Simmons, it's going to happen sometimes even to the best quarterbacks. But um, yeah, I mean, I, to me, I just, in the first half of that game, it was like, well, Ritter's not handling this pressure very well. And then the fumble came and then he was benched. So, you, what to you, what do you think the the turning point was? What is it more of a collective thing? Was there something in particular in the Titans game that you would point to, or is this maybe just sort of a culmination finally after a lot of frustration?
0: I think it's a culmination because it, it but again, it, it's 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 such a difficult question. A lot of variables, to to yeah. Whole, <laughs> it, it, there you go, it really is because you something that Arthur Smith has pointed out multiple times throughout this season is we you want to see him make improvements from his mistakes and to a certain degree he did there had been many cases especially throwing the ball downfield i think specifically where you'd see dez sort of make that improvement i think you saw a lot of that on twitter of you know some breakdowns by you know different quarterback coaches and whatnot talking about how he spreads the ball downfield where he was making improvements i think the way he steps up in the pocket reads his progressions i think there was some improvement there that being said the egregious mistakes were not being improved upon, like the fumbles, which again were not just regular fumbles. Like you're saying, they were one of those like football 101 fumbles, like the Tampa yeah. fumble. Like our DJ Shockley, the former quarterback who works here with us, was talking about like that stuff you learn, like yeah. that's not an NFL thing that you're supposed to be sorting out. Like that's like you need to know off the top of your head. Yeah. You know, you can't have the fumble like that. And I think it, I think it had more to do with stuff like that. To yeah. where it's like okay like we can coach that other stuff this is stuff that you already need to need to have and again this isn't i don't think this is the end of the line for desmond ritter i think you know we're i'm not saying like it's over like the experiment's done you know all that kind of stuff i think there's still time but i just think the way this has been handled has been kind of you because you you don't know if like this is part of their plan if it's not part <laughs> of their plan like you you don't know like mm-hmm. you they have there has not really been any transparency there so Maybe this very well is a part of their plan. I mean, Taylor Heineke—it was one of the better backups in the league that you could have gotten. They gave him the money to come here and be that guy. But yeah, a long-winded answer to your question. I do think it was more of a, a cumulative, not benching, because you don't know if it is a benching yet. But uh, I'm
1: willing—I'm willing to call it a benching. So
0: <laughs> a benching. Okay. I'll, to quote Arthur Smith, your words, not mine. Yeah, uh, my words. So yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah so. It, in that way, yes, I will say that it was more cumulative because of those specifically, I'd say probably fumbles and just lack of making play. Like, I think the sacks were another thing, you know, because, I mean, I, I think that was something you saw with Taylor Heineken yeah. where he was improving, and that, that's part of Taylor Heineken's game, yeah. right? Like that's, that's a big reason why he is Taylor Heineken. He's a, very good at extending plays and just kind of being that sort of gunslinger of sorts, which is, where he's gotten in trouble in the past but yeah it's also been a big reason why he's been good in the past so it's sort of that Brett Favre thing
1: yeah yeah he hasn't had the highs that Brett Favre has had Yeah, uh, that's quite. probably why he's a, he's a high-end backup but yeah. you know I mean it's one of those things where like maybe in a better situation with a better team you know Heineke does have a chance to be something I mean we'll, we'll see obviously he's I think he's set up with with tremendous weapons here in atlanta obviously uh i mean we'll see if drake lennon's able to go this week but even when drake lennon left the game they didn't really seem to miss a beat i mean he was chucking it to daryl hodge who had like the play of his
0: entire career <laughs> which, which is also important yeah. to note like mm-hmm. who is taylor heineke throwing to in practice daryl right. hodge mm-hmm. and jefferson scotty miller all these guys who are on that part of the depth chart with him so i think yeah. that's important to know too he's got chemistry with those guys already
1: yeah, and you can just see it. Like he comes into the game cold, which is kind of Taylor Heineke's specialty, uh, and just you know cuts it loose. And and again, it's it's easy to play that game where you don't feel the pressure because you're the backup. Like if you come in and play bad, it's like oh well, you were the backup quarterback. The no one's expecting yep. you to be good. You got nothing to lose. Um, now it's as the starter. You know we'll we'll see how that goes. But I mean t- Taylor Heineke hasn't handled it poorly. It's just I th- I think he's usually left teams wanting more. So we'll see. Yes. It's also, you know, for someone like Desmond Ritter, it's possible for him to continue to improve. It's also possible for a veteran like Taylor Heineke to continue to grow. Um, So I I don't think we know exactly what to expect from Taylor Heineke, other than some tendencies, right? Um, We should expect him to to want to throw deep if it's there. We should expect him to want to throw deep if it's not there. Um, (laughs) But overall, I think that with Heineke, we'll probably see a cleaner version of the offense, Um, a, a crisper version Probably quicker decisions, faster processing, and a little bit more ability ability to evade sacks. Which, given the offensive line's pass protection inconsistency, uh, that's probably going to help the offense just from a baseline level. But I think people expecting the turnover the the interceptions probably won't go down. Like I, I think Taylor Heineke's a guy that's going to throw some interceptions, but it's it's can he throw the touchdowns to compensate? Like if he throws three touchdowns and a pick, no one's going to care about the pick. Yeah. Um. So you know, can you do that? I mean, what's your level of confidence now? I mean, we've only seen a half of Taylor Heineke, but you know, how how are you feeling about the changes? it something you personally would have would have done if you were in a coach's shoes.
0: I feel pretty good about it because look, I mean, th- th- there's a lot I can say about this, but this is something I said on many podcasts going into this season. Is in regards to Desmond Ritter and the whole Falcons quarterback situation, I always viewed it as a win-win when it comes to Desmond Ritter being the quarterback, because my whole shtick with it was, if he does well, you have your answer. If he doesn't do well, you have a defense that's been put together finally. You have a bunch of young tools on offense and you've got a backup who can kind of keep you afloat for a good bit for the time being, if he isn't, and then you can go out, and find your quarterback in the offseason finally with the team that's ready and set to go with not all these salary cap issues and no defense and all these other factors that came into play when we were talking about Lamar Jackson. So before I answer that, I think that was a very key point in this team so far. So everyone complaining about Desmond Ritter or whatever, we've, we've still got a whole offseason. I think we've got a good quarterback to kind of keep the ship afloat. Now, as far as confidence in taylor heineke i have all the confidence in the world i think he is one of if not the best backup in the nfl right now and again i don't think fans should hold their expectations to oh my god he's the guy who's going to take us to the super bowl or take us to the playoffs or whatever i don't think he will be that guy but i do think he's a guy that can keep you in contention while you know you sort through whatever's going on with desmond ritter and now you i think now sort of at this point you are kind of floating more towards that idea of okay the Falcons are going to be in the quarterback sweepstakes finally it's not going to be like a are they will they (laughs) like now I think if if this continues big if if this continues then I think now you you're starting to lean towards that answer now it's like okay you you see what this team is now now you can find your guy
1: yeah I mean I I think it's it's not, like you said, I, I don't think that it's necessarily over for Ritter, but I think the, the days of him getting the starting job beca- like our are, are over. Like he's gonna, yeah, he's he's going mm-hmm. to have to now earn his way back to the starting job, yes. and there's been plenty of quarterbacks. Matt Schaub's a great example, another third-round quarterback um, of someone who didn't initially have a starting job, had to work his way into it, and then eventually went on to become a good NFL starter, and then eventually you know a really Smith. long-term yeah, mm-hmm. NFL backup. So it's not out of the cards for him, but... Certainly, this was probably his chance to really take control of a team, and it didn't really work out i I think that it's I don't think it it was catastrophic for him, but it it certainly hasn't ended i'm I'm sure the way that he was hoping and and i'm I know a lot of fans were hoping to uh that had high hopes for Ritter, but we're moving forward with Taylor Hunickke at least at least for this week. As long, I mean, I'm I'm of the mind that if if Taylor Heineke doesn't face plant, that we're probably riding Heineke the rest of the way. Is that sort of how you yeah. feel too?
0: Yeah. And that, that's basically what I said preseason too with whoever yeah. was going to be quarterback, like with Desmond's, Like if he doesn't face plant, this team's going to be pretty good. Yeah. He's, a little bit of face planting,
1: maybe a little. Bit. Don't know if it's been a complete face plant. <laughs> yeah. but There's been a trip. Yeah. <laughs> there's been a fall. Um. Yes. the Face is intact, mm-hmm. but um. And and that's kind of I think part of the the gamesmanship around this whole benching not benching whatever it is is arthur smith isn't the type of guy to to badmouth his players or or he he really wants to be careful he is so i i I respect that you know i wish that there could be a little bit more clarity like i don't need you to say ritter's bad like i just need like can you just tell us who's starting like that's fine i don't need
0: was it production based right right
1: i I don't you know you're not slandering the man just tell us what you thought process is. i don't know that's the thing yeah we We just don't he's cryptic on purpose but that's just arthur smith um but it is an interesting offense, and, and you know, I was saying this in the preseason, and and sort of when Taylor Heineke signed, you know, he was like, "I signed with the expectation to be the backup." But then you look at that contract, which you referenced, not a ton of money this year, but six million in incentives, and next year it's nine million if if he mm-hmm. sticks around as the starter. So, pretty savvy uh, contracting here by Heineke and his agent, where I I think he ends up looking very smart, especially if this works out for him, because saw an opportunity where at worst he's the backup for what looks like a playoff team. And maybe he has a chance to come in for a few games if necessary. Um, And just gets to, to ride it out on what's a pretty good backup deal uh, for a year, maybe two. Uh, And you know, if it works out for him to get on the field, he's got an excellent chance with this stacked offense to actually maybe do something here. And, and I think there's an opportunity for Heineke to maybe even become a bridge starter for, for a young quarterback if the Falcons go that route in the 2024 draft or, or make a move for somebody else. But um, yeah, I mean, do you, do you expect, I guess I would ask, cause we kind of talked about, he's probably going to be the quarterback the rest of the way. What's your sort of expectation for the offense with Heineke? Do you, do you think it's going to be like, overall better or just more consistent or
0: i think there will be more points scored i'll say that i don't know if it means more wins but i think there will be more points um i i I just feel like he's going to move the ball downfield a lot better in this offense just again it's we're guilt of the moment you know this is based off what we saw in one half against the tennessee titans so take it with a grain of salt but based on that based on his experience This is a guy who stood toe to toe with Tom Brady in the playoffs and did pretty well. Mm -hmm. So because of that, because like, I think that's the big thing. Like with Marcus Mariota, we knew what Marcus Mariota was. He kind of showed that he is who he is at this point. Desmond Ritter, we didn't really know what he was. So that was the whole mystery of Desmond Ritter. Taylor Heineke, we kind of know what he is. And what we've seen is probably about a sub 500, maybe a little bit better quarterback, which is not bad. And you also got to look at the offenses that he's commanded. Pun intended, the commanders. I mean, (laughs) you you look at that offense and that team, they're not as talented as this Falcons team. It was like scary
1: Terry and guys, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So I think when you consider all of that, and I mean, I think some folks can argue against the stability of the Falcons right now, but I'd argue that the Falcons as a team and, you know, from ownership all the way down are a lot more stable than the commanders are. I think that, all those come into factor you're looking at a team and an offense and players specifically that can get you to the playoffs
1: yeah and i think there's de- there's certainly an opportunity here because look there's no beating around the bush the facts have the easiest schedule remaining in the nfl the the, the vikings one of the hardest games may be left on their schedule now the vikings appear to be starting you know udfa jaron hall um or josh dobbs on like three days of practice Mm -hmm. um so either way that's going to be a limited offense now we just said that about will levis but at least will levis was in the building for you know the the previous eight weeks before he started um but you know there's a lot of opportunity here against a pretty soft schedule for the falcons to stack up some wins and 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 win the division or, or even win the wild card because the wild card competition is not looking particularly dangerous either i mean the three and four bucks were in the wild card last week so um you know it's there's a lot of opportunity to make the playoffs in the NFC and, and Taylor Heineke doesn't necessarily have to be a world beater for that to happen. Um, He just needs to probably, probably play on the safer side of what we're used to with Taylor Heineke, avoid the turnovers. But again, with this defense, with this defense being so good and the Falcons having, hopefully these healthy pass catching weapons that are probably Actually, a great fit for what Taylor Heineke likes to do, which is chuck the ball up and, and hope his guy comes down with it. When you got Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Mac Hollins to some extent with the size down there, those are those are pretty good guys to to throw jump balls to where they've got a chance to outmuscle the defender for that ball. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see how that develops uh, and, and how this offense <laughs> does end up looking with Heineke. But um, I think I think fans that are hoping for it to score more points, like you said, I, I think that's likely. I don't know if it's going to be drastically more. I mean, it can't really be much worse. The Falcons were 29th in scoring, so it can't be much worse than that. Um, but I do know this. I'll, was e- like the- I'll even, yeah. I'll yeah. even, I'll
0: even rephrase it. First half points. I think that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. This team yeah. has been so silent in the first two quarters for some yeah. weird reason. I don't understand what it is. So I'll, I'll be more specific with there. Maybe it won't be as a as a whole, but I think yeah. we'll start seeing more than three and seven points in a first half.
1: Yeah, and it's like, it sucks because they literally are a team that's built to, to play from a lead and, and strangle teams in the second half with the defense and with the run game. And they haven't <laughs> been able to do it at all. <laughs> so it's just, maybe we could get some more positive game scripts for this team, which just hasn't really had an opportunity to do that uh, at all this offseason or during the season. But speaking of, of offseason, really early prediction, do you think it's going to be a draft uh, for the quarterback? Do you think they pull some sort of veteran trade or, or what, what's your initial instinct on what, what happens at the position in 2024?
0: It's the million dollar question and <laughs> it is a quarterback heavy draft. So yes. that is something that will not be taken lightly. Um, I think it's important to note that the Falcons did have a lot of conversations with guys like CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson and They weren't really in position to take guys like that. So they'll be in position to get somebody. There's also the conversation of, do you want to trade up and maybe go after a guy like Drake May? Like, how desperate are you to get your guy? Because your guy could be in this draft class. This is a draft class where you've got potential stars all over the place. You know, you kind of assume that Caleb Williams is going number one overall. And the general consensus is Drake May is right there behind him. So you've got those two guys. Do you want to take a chance on, you know, a Bo Nix or, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of different guys to really consider in, in this draft. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch that I'm missing right now. Jaden Daniels, uh, Shadur Sanders, I'm sure would be extremely exciting, but doesn't look like he's coming out of this draft class quite yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, uh, Michael Penix Jr., another guy. Um, but I could very easily see the Falcons making a Kirk Cousins type deal where you know you find a guy who again a guy who you know what you're getting pretty much you know obviously it's a serious injury that kirk's going to be coming back from but for the most part you see what you're getting out of kirk cousins and he fits this offense relatively well that sort of play action e offense um and i say that because i think kirk cousins is really the only type of guy they would go after who would be available um, I don't really know who else would be available and who you could trade for or sign free agent wise. He just is a name that seems to make the most sense if a team's going after a quarterback this offseason. Um, and again, but even Kirk Cousins, he's not young. You know, he's right. getting up there in age himself. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a decision you're going to have to make. And, you know, it, it might be one of those drafts where maybe you have to make a Julio Jones type trade to to move up and, and get your guys.
1: Yeah. And I, a lot of it depends on obviously where they're picking. Like if, and, and probably to some extent, it depends on Taylor Heineke because yeah, like, I mean, George Costanza's donation, you know, I'm, I'm all about the Mitter hate. Yes. Thank you, George. Uh, he says, the fact is, I think we know who Taylor Heineke is. Ritter may still have a ceiling that we haven't seen yet this season is supposed to be an evaluation season for Desmond Ritter. It's what last year should have been, but instead we wanted to play Mariota. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I mean there may still be more there with Ritter that we haven't seen, but at this point, I think the evaluation has has been completed. They're they're not sold, I think is the clear answer on that. Um it doesn't mean that Ritter can't be anything in the NFL. But I think they're, they've are they made the decision that he's not going to be their starter going forward. Like, maybe if he gets another opportunity, maybe something happens, maybe he's a long-term backup. You know, we don't really know yet, but um, I think Ritter's certainly good enough to be a backup in the NFL. There's no question about that, but, um, you know, consistent enough to be a starter, that seems to be the big issue with Ritter, but... Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. There's not really many other options in free agency now. The good thing is Kirk Cousins would be a free agent, so mm-hmm. you don't have to trade for him. It seems very unlikely the Vikings are re-signing him at this point. And maybe coming off that injury, he's not he's not overly expensive. You know, we'll we'll see what the market is for him coming off an Achilles injury. I mean, people always go wacko for quarterbacks, so I mean, who knows? But maybe he's a bridge guy. If Taylor Heineke is not good enough to be a bridge guy. But if Taylor Heineke gets this team to the playoffs and and they're competent looking with Heineke, maybe that does give them the flexibility to say, okay, we're picking at twenty four, maybe we'll just wait and see if if somebody we like falls here. Like you said, this is a, a deep quarterback class. You know, mm-hmm. we obviously everyone knows Caleb Williams and Drake May. You're probably going to have to get into the top three picks to get either of those mm-hmm. guys, and you know, mm-hmm. from twenty four. Is there much of a chance to do it? I don't know. It depends on who's picking in those spots and and how much compensation they're looking for if they're willing to move down into the 20s. Um, But if those guys aren't available, there's a lot of guys in this class. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. is probably the frontrunner for the Heisman. Obviously, he has that medical history, but looks healthy the last couple of years and has been playing great this year, certainly. I know Bo Nix has some fans. obviously jane yeah. yeah jane daniels is my guy i'm I'm full-on team jane daniels let's make it happen but um you know and those are just some of the guys i know jj mccarthy he feels like a yep. future patriot just so much yep. 100%. to me <laughs> like, yep. so i don't think we're gonna have a chance to get him but um <laughs> but yeah i, mean, I, could, there's, tot- there's I could totally yeah. see I,
0: yeah. I could totally see after all this fanfare and you know, excitement for quarterback the falcons take a guy like riley leonard dude yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's in the, if it's on day two, then we can have that conversation. But yeah, <laughs> hey, Mel Kiper
0: had him as a number three quarterback prospect.
1: I think a lot of people did before the season started. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we'll see. Right there's still a lot of college football left to be played, so th- there's there could be some movement there, but. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see, and and I, it does feel like this is likely to be the the quarterback search off season that we really haven't gotten yet. Yeah. Um. So that I mean, hey, that should also, be entertaining. A guy <laughs>
0: like a guy like Justin Fields could also yeah. be available.
1: trade market. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, probably the two that yeah. seem like they're obviously going to become available. I mean, probably Mac Jones too. But let, let's be real here. You know, <laughs> not an upgrade over Tyler, over Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But speaking of trades, uh, the trade deadline also happened, uh, coincidentally, not coincidentally this week and the Falcons do come away with the guys. Let's talk about what they were able to do first, because it's a small move, you know, a depth move for, for Contavious street who did spend the last couple of years in new Orleans. I believe he had two and a half sacks last year with, with the saints and, and just as a dependable sort of depth piece that Ryan Nielsen's familiar with. What'd you think about that move to help shore up the defensive line depth?
0: So I liked the move. I liked it on the basis that I thought another move was coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's hard to part with a second round pick for a guy like Montez Sweat. Obviously, that's the guy that you wanted. And it seems pretty obvious now that that's, that's who they were going after. Yeah. Um, especially with Montez Sweat literally coming out and saying Atlanta made a push and I wanted to be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um But that being said, it's, he's another guy who's going to be a free agent this off season. And he sounds like he wants to be in Atlanta and I'm not quite sure what the bears are doing. (laughs) So, you know, maybe not as dumb to not give up a second round pick, which for the bears probably is a first round pick for them. Chase Young on the other hand, seemed a little iffy. I'm like, if you, a third round pick, I feel like that was something that could have been doable um, for a guy like Chase Young. Now, I, it, it, outside of that, it seemed like those were the two hot commodities around the trade market. I mean, I, I didn't expect the Falcons to be able to make a deal for a guy like Danielle Hunter. Yeah. Um, if that's what some folks were clamoring for, I never really saw that as a possibility. Uh, but I did see, like, the Montez sweat chase. The, those two seemed like options that the Falcons would explore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe I was looking at, I mean, offensive line, wide receiver help. Um, and I figured, I guess, in hindsight, Van Jefferson was that guy. That yeah, they were looking. Yeah. At. Um, offensive line, perhaps, you know, like they're pretty set at the running back position, obviously. Um, secondary has been pretty good uh, outside of, you know, a bad game against the Titans. Um, I thought maybe linebacker, they'd go after somebody just with the absence of Troy Anderson and Caden Ellis looking like he got banged up a little bit against Tennessee. Um, so in order of, of priority, I thought it was going to be defensive line, linebackers, wide receiver that that's their priority list so they got two out of that priority list um just maybe not quite the splash that folks were hoping for
1: yeah i mean i know the the montez sweat thing is going to sting because from what we have what's been reported the falcons basically had a deal done more or less um not that it had been fully accepted but that they were working through the details of an extension with montez sweat and stuff like that as part of the deal even like as part of the trade um, and then the the Bears just sort of show up and say like oh well we have a higher second so what do you what do you mm-hmm. think about that Commanders and I don't blame the Commanders I mean like I would no, take a higher all. second um, yeah. but you know uh, the Bears swoop in and and then sort of Montes would to go from one trash can to another and it's just <laughs> I feel so bad for him because he was fine he was like I'm gonna get a chance to go to a moderate dumpster fire, not a full on dumpster fire. Oh my goodness. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't think the Falcons are dumpster fire status yet. We're four and four. Let's, let's relax on that. But, um, gets to come back home, you know, and be close to family and, and get out of just a really unstable situation. And then he goes to possibly the next most unstable situation in the NFL in Chicago instead, after Mm -hmm. like talking through an extension. And I, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's bad business for Chicago because that man's not going to resign there. Like,
0: that was my whole question. I mean, if I don't, I don't get the move. Like you're a rebuilding yeah. franchise, and you're trading away an asset, valuable asset for you, for a guy that's basically looking like going to be a rental at this point. So
1: right. So why I'm rent someone good. for? They they clearly think they can extend him, which I think is really. I don't know foolish. why else you would sign at that. point. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's like, why would he want to sign there? Like, are you going to just mm-hmm. offer him some ridiculous contract and like? Yeah maybe um he would want that but like i i just feel like he's done playing for losing teams now no guarantee obviously in the nfl that wherever you go doesn't just immediately fall apart but um yeah i mean they're probably i mean the, the bears might fire everyone next year you know i mean it, maybe this is ryan Paul saying like look i'm doing things don't get rid of me i'm doing stuff you know you can't get rid of this guy that's one who brought you onto sweat yeah um but yeah it's uh it's a rough situation for him. I certainly feel for Sweat. Uh, I feel for Falcons fans, and you know, I'm in that group obviously that was really disappointed that he didn't get here. But um, you know, the Falcons just for the reasons we talked about, the Falcons can't give up the first. They can't get rid of that first-round pick. It's just too integral to this quarterback equation because if you don't have your quarterback, the next priority is find your quarterback. It doesn't nothing else matters until you find the quarterback. So they they just can't get rid of that first round pick for montez sweat as much as i like him and you know the bears now i think i feel like the bears just traded for drama like they literally traded for for drama where he's gonna refuse to sign and like there's gonna be a franchise tag and a holdout and all this it's gonna just be really ugly and they spent a second round pick to get this Um, yes they asked for it yeah they, they did ask for it so um yeah rough situation (laughs) <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I do like contavious street i think that one's pretty interesting um you know it's obviously more of a, a depth signing but i mean th- this week they're probably gonna need him to start given all the injuries um but yeah i mean i, I also wonder like do you, i mean do you think Clay's campbell plays more inside given these injuries i mean it, it's there's gonna be a lot of shuffling there with both grady Jarrett and michael london who look like we finally found our depth guy then he goes on ir too so
0: yeah. Taquan Graham, another guy I'm hoping to yeah, maybe yeah. step up a little bit. Um, he's kind of been silent this season, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think they have a choice. Like you were saying, I think it's sort of up to Calais to do that make that move inside just because of the depth pieces and where you're at right now. So I don't think we're going to, again, it, it's easy to project and, and guess, but it, it, this is a team that likes to keep things very close to the chest when it comes to these things. So uh your guess, my guess. I think the most powerful names in sports media guess is probably as good as ours right now.
1: Yeah, it. it I trust Ryan Nielsen to figure it out. If there's any, if there's yes. anyone we can trust right now on the Falcons, he's pretty it's probably, reliable. Probably Ryan Nielsen to figure it out, and I doubt we're going to have uh, four massive, co- well, three coverage busts and one no call OPI uh, in the same game again. So you know, if we can keep it to like one or two coverage Fingers busts crossed. like that. Then we <laughs> should be good. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean it, the defense. The defense has been good. The offense, maybe some new life with Taylor Heineke. We'll see. Um, what What do you think about this team the rest of the way? We got two more games before the bye that look pretty winnable. I mean, are you expecting them to to win these next two games, or are you questioning whether they got it in?
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. I <laughs> I think they will. Um, But I said that about the Titans, I said that about the Commanders, I said that about the Bucks, which should have been a bigger win, so it's a lot of these things where you look at the matchup on paper, it looks like the Falcons should win these games. They haven't. So as much as I would like to say, you know, I think they're going to win, they haven't really shown us that. Now, I don't know if that changes with Taylor Heineke, like we've been talking about, but Again, I, I guess at this at this point, you know, you got to just go off of what you see on paper. And because of that, you're facing a Vikings team without their quarterback. That's kind of limping right now. And I, that's, excuse me, has a quarterback that is not your, not, that's not Taylor Heineke. That's <laughs> basically a guy off the street. Yeah, because um, their backup's on IR too. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. So you've got that, and then you've got the Cardinals who... Who knows if Kyler Murray starts, and even if he does start. It'll be his first game back, yeah. It's not exactly a threatening team. Now, you do have the Jets, which Mm -hmm. on paper scare me quite a bit. They're a great defense. When it it comes to that defense, Um, and this offensive line kind of worries me a little bit. So that's really the only game on this Falcon schedule where I'm like, like, don't feel good about that one. The other games, I'm like, oh yeah, Falcons should win that. Yeah. just because of what we know. So we've said that all season it's just a matter of if the execution actually works out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it they just have to start really it's just the offensive consistency because i think other than last week this defense has basically shut teams down especially in the second half and um they're the reason they're 4 and 4. Yes. So it, you know, you the idea obviously is that look if the offense is just a little bit more consistent if we get if we score more than 20 points a game, which really you shouldn't be that hard. But, uh, you know, they've been scoring like 17 uh, points per game instead. So they should be winning, you know, in, in those situations. And instead, it's it's scraping it out. But I'm I'm optimistic that, that Taylor Haneke will improve the consistency of the offense. Will he improve the ceiling of the offense? You know, that's still up for debate. But, you know, it, it, if the offense is just consistently scoring in the low 20s, that's just a, that's much better than what we were getting for Ritter, where we got two single digit games and Probably would've had a third if he had played the whole game against the Titans the way that one was going. So um definitely dicey there. But yeah, I mean I, I think there's hope for this team still, obviously. I mean, a lot of people I think are are sort of despairing at this point, which at four and four, I don't know that we need to despair, but what's your They're sort still of, in first place? Yeah, what's your sort of temperature check on the team, Miles? Like how are you feeling at, at this point?
0: <laughs> um <laughs> how am I feeling? <laughs> Um, I still, I feel like there's still a lot of time to write the ship. That's how I feel. I don't think this is, you know, abandoned ship, the season's lost, you know, where everything, you know, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. I think there's still plenty of time to write the ship when it comes to this, because, because of that fact that you've seen so many glimpses of what this team could, could be. Um, I like to compare this team a lot to kind of last year's Lions, I think this is sort of where they are right now. It's like, oh, you see the potential of where they're going and they look like they can be a playoff team but they're not quite there yet. Whereas I think this this year's Lions team is like, oh yeah, they're they're a playoff team. They look good. They look like they're a threat. I think that's where the Falcons are right now. I think they're still on the come up. I I, I just that's the question. I think they just need to figure out the quarterback position. That's what they need right now because it's funny, you just look back on all the other situations the Falcons have had, like in 2008 with Matt Ryan. Like, They had a lot of issues, but they figured out the quarterback and they're like, oh, okay, Like, we're on the come up. We've got the quarterback figured out. We can just build around this and and kind of get to where we need to be. That's what the Falcons need right now because they've got a lot of other things working right now. You've got a great running game. You've got super talented pass catchers that we've kind of seen come out of their shell lately, especially Drake London. I think Drake London In these last four games, you've kind of yeah. seen why he was the first receiver taken last year. Like, oh, like that's what we've been waiting for, to see that sort of flash potential that he's shown. Obviously, Kyle Pitts, working back from that injury still, I think you're still seeing a little bit of hesitation in the way he runs, but there's no question what he can do ability-wise. And then, you know, Jonu Smith, another guy, who's shown boatloads of potential as a tight end, too. Yeah. So... There's just so many good things to talk about on this team. It's just a matter of putting it together, and I think that starts with quarterback.
1: Yeah, and and that's the hope is that that's what brings us there because I think going into that Titans game, this was like, okay, we win this game, we're five and three, we're really solidifying ourselves in the in the lead here. Things we started to stack some wins, like we're we're, we're feeling positive, and then we get that like gut punch loss, and I think that really has has ruined things for a lot of people. But they're they're still capable of doing that. Like if they win these next two games, get to six and four going into the bye, you know, everyone will probably be feeling, probably be feeling pretty good about it. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, but I, I agree with you. It's just about getting consistent play from the offense. That's really what we've been lacking and, and not playing down to the opponent. You know, I think the special teams in particular had a terrible game against the Titans and, yep. um, you know, not, not the punter or the kicker, you the know, it's, it's turners. been the returning. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and it's just, what do we do in there? Um, the defense has their worst game. They end up losing that game narrowly. And, and you know, the officials pitched in a little bit as well. But, you know, we've got a game here against the Vikings starting an undrafted free agent quarterback. Um, now, you know, Taylor Heineke also an undrafted free agent quarterback, but one has played many NFL games. One is not. So this is not theoretically not the same situation as, you know, Will Levis uh, starting in Tennessee, but. Again, it's like if you can't put pressure on the quarterback on defense, which that was what they failed to do against the Titans, you know, a lot of quarterbacks can look really good. So they're going to have to figure out a way to to get that done against Minnesota, but well, yeah, I mean I I hope they can because if they lose this game, it's going to be really dark times, certainly. Yes. Um, no, absolutely. <laughs> it'll be very dark. Let me get to a couple more donations before we sign off here. We covered a lot of ground tonight. Uh, we got Corey Carter with the two dollars. He says, "Is there a rule that says you have to announce who your quarterback is? If not, then why announce it? It would be a competitive advantage." Well, I, t- I tend to think the competitive advantage there is pretty minimal, um, you know. But no, I don't think you have to necessarily announce your quarterback. But I do think they make you report the injury report, and I think they want you to put out those depth charts. I mean, they're usually kind of a joke to most teams, I think. But you're supposed to put something up. So whether that means anything or not, I guess that's up to you to decipher, but, um, you don't have to actually say like, Oh, so-and-so is gonna be our quarterback this week. Um, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, George says, okay, guys, remember the first round choice is easy. It's gotta be Brock Bowers. Come on. He does it all. He blocks, he catches. I bet he can play a better defense than UCF reg- legend, Richie Grant. Wow. Taking swipes at my UCF guys, George. Wow. That's rude. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> hey, it, and it'll make the UGA fans happen. Let's happy. Let's get that meme started. Well, you know, George, I know you were on Kyle Pitts, but I, I don't know if you're going to be right about two top, you know, tight ends here, but if we if we know Arthur Smith, we know he loves tight ends, so I would never rule out Brock Bowers ever. But um you Well, know. you know what would happen
0: if that occurred, right? If you had Kyle Pitts and Brock Bowers, you'd yeah. have a handoff to Keith Smith throwing it to Michael Pruitt <laughs> in the end zone.
1: Well, that's that they would never expect it though. That's the thing yeah, that's exactly. why it would work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Chess, not checkers.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh man. We got we got Brandon uh with the two dollars. Thanks, Brandon. He says I know Kevin has team Jaden Daniels, but what do you guys think about Jordan Travis? How do you think he would fit with the Falcons? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Jordan Travis is like a less polished Jaden Daniels, kind of. Um, and which isn't surprising. I mean, Jaden Daniels is like a fifth-year senior, um, so he's definitely got that level of polish to his game now. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate Jordan Travis. Like, I I feel like if they we to wait until day two to t- like if say Taylor Heineke plays really well, they win a playoff game or whatever. You're like, okay, Heineke can be a bridge starter for us. Maybe we can go after like a developmental quarterback, like a Shitter Sanders or like a-, a Jordan Travis on day two. I-, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I think he's got a lot of potential, obviously. Um, good player, a lot of fun to watch. So, um, <clears throat> you got any Jordan Travis takes miles?
0: i don't think a lot of falcons fans will like this but if we're talking about a quarterback like that like you know not your bonafide first round quarterback a guy that i think fits so seamlessly into this falcons offense is carson beck (laughs) there you
1: go yeah Yeah. just that
0: you know doesn't turn the ball over you know is a very good game manager has been playing really well honestly than a lot of people have been giving him credit for um but if we're talking about a quarterback like that, I mean, I, obviously Jordan Travis, you know, a little bit more of a playmaker of sorts than than Carson Beck is. But um, I think if we're talking about, you know, them taking a chance on a quarterback in that round ish, then I feel like Carson Beck fits that mold a lot better.
1: Yeah, if they want that type of guy, I mean, that would that would definitely make sense there. It's I wonder is he even gonna is he gonna come out this year? I know he's eligible. He could. He but... could. I, just, I
0: don't know if he will, but. It's going to yeah. be a crowded quarterback room next year.
1: Right. That's true. Yeah. I wonder, I, I just wonder if like, it's too crowded in the quarterback, like draft class that he's like, I mean, I think he could be a day two not. quarterback, but it's like, I wonder if he waits a year because this one's so stuffed with all Do the you, COVID. He year will quarterbacks. gain a lot of
0: traction <laughs> at the combine and pro day because of his arm. He's got a yeah, big, yeah. big arm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 9.4 yards per attempt. I mean, that's, it's pretty, it's pretty hot. So um, like to see that, but Yeah, he's definitely a name to throw in there. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we don't really know how the quarterback class is going to shake out at this point. We know the big names. We know some of the top guys. We know the the guys that are hyped, but there's always some sneaky risers that end up up there every year. So we'll see. Um we got Michael Scott with the $10. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you, man. He says, making the eight-hour drive down from West Virginia this weekend for my first-ever Falcons home game. So, prayers for that big dub. Yeah. Lots I of mean, prayers. I for all of us, especially for you, Michael, for, for coming out. So, thank you. Um, yeah. I I think you picked a pretty good one. I think they got a pretty good chance. So, you know, it's never safe necessarily, but... You know, I'm sure with you there, Michael, you'll be the good luck charm that we need. So just, you know, now that you've said that you're going, though, if they win, we're just going to need you to go back every week. So you committed to something very dangerous now. Um, and then we got Jason Gates with one final one. Uh, it's $2. He says, I think trading for Contavious Street's a good move to restock that interior D-line. I wonder about the Falcons going after ex-commander's defensive tackle Matt Ioannidis. He's been a reliable starter in his career, there's also Akeem Hicks who's still out there. Yeah, I mean, they they may still go after another interior guy. We'll see. I mean, we know LaCale London's going to be out for at least four weeks. Um, obviously, Jared's not coming back this year. So, we'll see. They could potentially make another move. I know they got Travis Bell um, as well, uh, Kennesaw State. So, we got got a local guy. Um, but, yeah. Um, I like the trade, too. So, I think they, they desperately needed it, clearly, with LaCale going on. on yes. Bar. So, I think he'll, he'll be able to acclimate quickly because of his, uh, you know, because of his familiarity with Nielsen's defense and stuff like that. I think that'll make it much easier for him to, to get in there. Um, sure. but yeah, uh, miles appreciate your time tonight. Uh, great conversation guys. He's at miles Garrett TVs, Fox five Atlanta. Anything else you want to touch on any, anything else you want to plug miles?
0: Yeah, no, we, if you guys are looking for Falcons content, um, we're partners with the Atlanta Falcons. So we do a lot of uh, their content. That's actually, as soon as we sign off here, I'm going to be putting together my uh, one-on-one I did today with Lorenzo Carter. Uh, You can catch that on uh, Early Birds, which airs Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. And uh, Dirty Bird Report as well, which is Sundays after the game. So we've got three different shows. Um, But uh, yeah, if you guys are looking for any Falcons content, Fox 5, we, Turn out a whole bunch of it every day. So that's uh, the place you can find our stuff.
1: Yeah, guys, I know you guys are all craving that Falcons content, especially if you're watching this show uh, for an hour on Wednesday nights at 8 PM Eastern. Uh, I'm sure you can eat up all of that content they got going on over there. It's very well produced. I know you have a hand in that too, Miles. So great stuff Thank there. Um, guys, appreciate you hanging out tonight. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, as always, if you enjoyed tonight's show, please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, leave us that five-star review. If you listen to the podcast audio on your platform of choice, check out uh, the community discord server link is in the show description. If you want to support the show, you could do so on Patreon. It's patreoncom slash live tonight's show was of course brought to you by Bet online guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll have a new game preview coming. I'll be joined by Tyler Fornes uh, to talk Vikings in this game uh, coming up in week nine and we will be back of course for the post game as well hopefully for a happy one i mean it's been a little on and off but uh fingers crossed for for more happy happiness and more dubs uh and miles thanks again we really appreciate you tonight
0: thanks Kev. have a good night
1: all right guys have a great night folks we appreciate you see ya